0: God, we thank you that you are the rock of ages. and that you came and you gave your life, not just for me, but for each and every one of us here. that you gave your life for those who are in our community and in the world around us. We pray that as we continue to, to move through this series, that you give us your words so that we may faithfully live as your disciples. So, Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. So, as I said, we're continuing our series on the invitation to the Jesus life. And the one thing that I hope that I hope that I'm getting through in this series, is that to live the Jesus life, it, it's a lot more than saying, I am a follower of Jesus. Now that's important, that's extremely important. But, but, but what do we do with that? What, what, what do we do with that, that declaration? Well, the answer is that we continue to do what we can to live in that declaration that we have made. It's like a saying that I've shared over and over again that I know that most of you have heard before from words from a mentor of mine from college, James Bryant Smith, who, who would say that we are ones in whom Christ dwells and delights, and we live in God's unshakable kingdom. And the kingdom is not in trouble, and neither are we. God, God's kingdom is, is never in trouble. And because we are his children, because we are brothers and sisters in Christ, when we accept and when we live into his kingdom, then we are not either. But our task and our goal is to live as one in whom Christ dwells and delights. So that's what this series is all about. It is how do we take these steps to live our lives just as Jesus has taught us to live, to be attentive listeners, to have compassion that that flows in and out of us so that we can live lives that are committed or, or, or tough, but also looking around and, and seeing those around us being tender and, and understanding what they may be going through. And today we are going to continue by looking at what does it mean to cheerfully go the extra mile. But before we dive into that, let us take a look at today's scripture from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 If you have your Bibles, I invite you to follow along there, or we'll have the words on the screen for you to follow. Hear the words of Jesus as he says, But to you who are listening, I say, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those who you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are two particular passages in that scripture that that kind of make me chuckle, but, but they also kind of sting really hard when I hear those passages. The first one is that that very, very first line where Jesus tells those that, that he's talking to or those that he's around, but to you who are listening, I say. See, Jesus knew that not everybody was listening to him. Jesus knew that, that, that there were people in that audience or people in that crowd that were there just to try to trip him up, to try to get something on him so they could go to the proper authorities and, and get him in trouble. And I bet you those that were listening and those that were trying to trip Jesus up really hated it when he followed up those words with, love your enemies. And for those people, the enemy was him because he was challenging them. He, he was prodding them. He, he was pushing them, not, not to be a, a foreign in their side, but to help them see the way to live their lives, graciously giving them, if you will, that invitation to live the Jesus life. So after all of that, he ends with these beautiful words. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Kind of a reminder to us and to his listeners how you are going to look and how you will, for lack of a better word, judge those around you, that same measure will be used for you. How many times have we seen that on the news when somebody who is full of righteous indignation goes after somebody and then you turn around and you see that, well, they just did the exact same thing. And all of that that steam, all of that momentum is now focused on them because, well, that's exactly what you did to that other person. So, why shouldn't it be used to you? See, for me, this is one of those passages that I can easily nod along with and and, and shout an amen here and there. But when the rubber actually meets the road and we turn out to be the ones that Jesus is talking to, we may stumble. Well, let me be clear real quick. When I take a look at that passage and I see that Jesus is talking to me, I stumble. There is no maybe about it. I see that I fail to to hold up to what it is that Jesus is calling me to do. But here's the good news, my friends. Jesus never stumbled. No no matter what he did in his life, he never faltered. He never failed to do what Jesus said he was going to do. Even when we see Jesus hanging on the cross, he was faithful to those words that he said if we were to look at the, the seven historic words or the words that we see written in Scripture of what it was that, that Jesus said when he was on the cross, all we have to do is take a look at the, the very first three words. And those words were words for the good of others, for the good of us, for the good of those around him. But the very first word, if you, if you remember that he said was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Those who, who, who placed them on the cross. And, and even for us, in the midst of our sin, Jesus says on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The next word of the cross is the word that he shares for the the criminal that was hanging beside him. And when that criminal asked for him to just get to heaven, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise promising the thief that that he's not going to just get to heaven and just kind of hang around just inside the gate but but paradise was was this this courtyard inside of, of the castle that that was he was inviting him in to to the deeper the secret place where where the ruler would live and, and live his life so the promise to the thief was not only are you going to get to heaven but you will be with me again, showing the good of the other. And the third word that Jesus gives from us from the cross is when he is talking to to Mary and he's talking to John. And he says, woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother, placing Mary in the care of the disciple John, which is important because he gives a, a widow who, whose oldest son has, has gone or has died or been killed, placing her in the care of the disciple John to make sure that she is well taken care of, but really it was also for the disciple John who was considered to be kind of a, a hothead, being a, a son of thunder. And knowing that Mary would be able to to help guide him and nurture him as he helped grow a young church. All of these things that Jesus said on the cross and all of the things that Jesus continues to say to each and every one as we dig into his scriptures our words to help us see that Jesus never stumbled so when we live our life with Christ we will not stumble either so you may be thinking okay pastor chris you know it's easy to talk about this when you have somebody that is trying to, to hurt you or, or, or to kill you or, or, or to wish harm on you, to, to try to take away things in your life. But I really don't have an enemy. There's really no one that I could say that is out to harm me as we heard and saw Jesus being harmed. But, you know, we all have people that we find difficult we all have people that, that, that bug us during the day. And you know what? Each and every one of us could try to like them a little more. I think all the way back to my elementary school days a long, long time ago, and we had a, uh, a classmate who, who, whose name was Chris also. And Chris and I, we did not get along. We, we would look at each other and we would try to find ways just to antagonize each other and, and to, to, to make each other miserable. So much to the, to the point that, that we would find ways to, to break out somewhere so we can get into a fist fight. And, and one day our teacher finally got sick of it and sent us to the principal's office who, who called Chris's parents, called my parents and said, you know what, we're done dealing with this, you all deal with it. So my mom, dad, and I, we drove over to Chris's family's house, and we sat down there in the living room. And and Chris's dad said something that I will never, ever forget. He he made a a challenge to us. And he said, you know, you guys want to kind of solve problems like this? If you could look in the newspaper and, and look at how at that time Congress we dealt with each other. And if you could see that if there was a fist fight that happened on the floor of Congress, and you can bring that to me, I'll give you $100. Now, I'm sure Chris was the same way as I was. I didn't hear anything else, but you show me that Congress had a fist fight, and I'll give you $100. So I went home, and I grabbed all of the newspapers we had, and I started to go through all of them just to see if there was a fist fight on the floor of Congress. And after I looked for a while, I looked up at my mom and dad, and they just looked at me, just so frustrated. And said, You just don't get it. That's not how you you handle a, a, a problem. You may not like somebody, or you, or you may have a, a rub with somebody, but you just don't solve it by, by forcing your way on them. You stop, you listen. And if they take advantage of you in a way during the situation, you turn the other cheek and you allow the way of Jesus to guide you and to lead you. But I think there's something that we tend to forget about all of this, is that we try to do that on our own. We we try to make the actions and and the ways that we handle our neighbors by ways that we do it. So when it comes time to turn the other cheek, we don't. We smack them right back. Or when something gets taken from us that belongs to us, we don't give them something else. We we do what we can to, to force back what belongs to us. We don't take the time to love those who, who hate us or wishes us harm. The only way that we can do that is by keeping our hearts right and focused on Jesus. Jade Johnson, she uh, wrote in, in her book, Diligently keeping one's heart right as each difficult situation comes up, enables us to live an eternal life with God now, every minute. See, it's taking the opportunity to diligently keep our own hearts right when those difficult situations come. That helps us, as we heard at the very beginning of the sermon, to realize that we are ones in whom Christ dwells and delights. It allows us to live in God's unshakable kingdom. That way, when those little annoying things that happen around us, those things that, that may harm us or those things that may hurt us, we can then shake those off and allow God to guide us, to lead us. But see, we have to make sure that Christ is with us. Christ is sharing with us and, and leading us and helping us to see that no matter what we go through, He will always be by our side. If it's difficult to remember, there are a couple of verses that you could take with you to help you to remember that. The first one is uh, John 15, verse 5, when, when Jesus is talking about the, the grafted branch into the vine, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, it's when we remain in Christ that we can then see how we can be cheerfully going the extra mile to someone that we may not actually care for, how we may cheerfully go the extra mile to to love and to support someone. And then we have these words from the Apostle Paul that as he was sitting in prison in Philippi, he wrote, I can do all things because of Christ who strengthens me. Now, let me be clear here real quick. If you are in an abusive situation, these passages, and and cheerfully going the extra mile, doesn't mean you stay in that abusive situation. There are other ways to to love your neighbor and to bless somebody who is cursing you or hurting you than just staying put. There are ways that you could help yourself or if you have family with you, the family that lives with you, so that you are protected and then you have that freedom to then love that person in a way that releases them and releases you from that hurt and that pain. But besides that, what does this all look like? Well, you may have heard of the saying, pray as you can. And this is a prayer that I know that I have used at times. It it means that you you, you just do what you can. You only pray what you can say. And it may be a simple prayer like, hey, God, it's me. Amen. Amen. That prayer is, is absolutely valid, and I strongly recommend that prayer if you are needing to, to lift something up to God and you just can't think of what to say because God knows your needs. God knows what it is that, that will build you up, that will, that will comfort you, that will strengthen you for the days ahead. Maybe if you can get by a little bit more, you can offer up a petition. Maybe it's for your dog. Maybe it's for a neighbor. But just doing what you can in prayer allows you the freedom to say, God, I'm here, please watch over me and love me and and, and hold me. So that's how we can also do that when we cheerfully go the extra mile is that we we take the opportunity to serve as we can. It could be an under-the-breath moment, those moments where you have somebody that's just absolutely annoying you or driving you nuts and just saying, God, just bless that person. I absolutely can't bless them right now, but I know that you can. Or maybe make it your prayer to ask God to show you something doable something in that moment that will allow you to to cheerfully go the extra mile for someone else you know at a previous church experience i had a uh, a staff member that i worked with that this staff person she drove me absolutely nuts I, I, I couldn't stand to be around her. She, she would do this type of thing where she would walk to my office door and just stand there like this. And I would be sitting at my desk working, and I'd kind of glance up and look back down, I would glance up, and there she was just still. And then when I would give her, to give her my attention, she would stand up and go, And then she would walk away. Drove me nuts. I was like, why do you do that? Nothing. Just walking around. And she would do it day after day after day. And finally I'd say, you know, i, 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 I got to do something. And the only thing that I realized what I could do is that I could serve her. See, she was not necessarily a a, a neat person either. I know if you've seen my desk, you can go, he's talking about neat people. But but she would leave stuff lying around all over the sanctuary, the offices, or whatever. And and I would start going, you know, I'm going to try to bless her today. And and I'm going to take the stuff that she left in the sanctuary, and I'm going to place it in her office. Not tell her that I'm doing it or if just take it over there and and leave it there because she would wonder where it was and she would take forever to find it and she would be so frustrated because she couldn't find it. And after a while I would see that she would soften a little bit and she wouldn't have those moments as in front of my door. But she knew that because I would go the extra mile in that moment like we didn't have any wars or anything. It wasn't a horrible relationship. But it was allowing me the opportunity to, to, to listen to her, to, to, to let her know that, that everything was going to be okay and that she did not have to do life on her own. Who do you have in your life right now that, that may be like that? that you can help see that that they don't have to do life on their own, that you you can gently do something to show that you are willing to serve them even when they may drive you crazy. But when you allow that opportunity to remain in Christ and allow Christ to remain in you, that fruit that you bear, helps others experience Christ's love and grace in a new and hopefully profound way. So as we've done through this entire series, we have uh, several spiritual practices for you to, to look at, to cheerfully going the extra, while, the extra mile. And one way to receive the greatness from God that, that God has for you is, is through a simple prayer is to think about all of the ways that God has gone out of his way for you in this last week. And and while I was pulling this together, I can think of of so many different ways that that God had gone out of his way for me in this last week. Last Sunday I had a a flat tire as I was coming to, to church at 5.30 in the morning. And thank goodness I was able to, to contact Tracy and she was able to let me have her car so I could get here and, and everything. And actually kind of blessed her because she was really tired and that allowed her to, to, to rest at home. But then afterwards we were able to find things that, you know, God was just blessing as we moved through getting this new tire uh, put on my car. And just time and time again, God's showing me, I have you. I have you in my hands, that you don't need to worry, that I will give you what you need at this moment. And then I think the most important thing, how could you become one who offers greatness of spirit to others? It can be as simple as an act of service to have God show you how you might serve a difficult person in your life, one of those heavy breathers that stands at your door and you just don't know how you can can go through it again, how can you serve that person? Or how can you practice the presence of God when you're going through your day and taking a silent prayer moment as you walk by people and just pray for God to bless each and every person that you pass during the day? You know, it doesn't take much. I think sometimes we get confused or, or we get overwhelmed thinking that serving or cheerfully going the extra mile means that we have to do a, a long litany of events, but it just takes a small action, knowing that Christ is with us, guiding us and leading us so that we may serve one another serve our community, and serve our world. Would you please pray with me? Oh, God, you know, sometimes we don't want to even begrudgingly go the extra mile because we have our own agendas. We have our own priorities. And while, yes, our priorities are important, and and how we handle things and how we do things and and moving through each day of our life is important, it's also important that we don't shut others out. Even if we may not fully agree with them, even if they may wish us harm, or even if it means that sometimes we we may not get our way. But Lord, that's when we give thanks. We give thanks that we don't have to do it alone. We give thanks that, that we can release those things in our lives and allow you to guide us and lead us because we can echo those words that Paul wrote at a prison cell so long ago that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So Lord, we lift this prayer, this moment, this opportunity to you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.